This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? (laughs) As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, everybody. We thought we'd let you know what's going on here at writefromthedeep.com. That's right. And thank you, first of all, to our patrons on Patreon. We're so appreciative of you guys. You help make this show possible. And thank you especially to our May sponsor of the month, Wendy L. McDonald. Yay, Wendy, and thank you. Not only is Wendy a writer, guys, she also produces a weekly short inspirational podcast. So she's a podcaster, and it's called Walking with Hope. And she does that for HopeStreamRadio.com. So you guys can check it out there, HopeStreamRadio.com. And now for something completely different. As you know, our podcast focuses on the spiritual side of the writing life, but everyone's in a blue moon. We discover something that we think will help you, our listeners, in the work of writing and publishing your books and in launching your books, which can be the most challenging part of what writers do. Yeah, it really can. Like, first you got to write that thing, and then there's that second challenge. Now you want someone to read it, okay? So we are excited to tell you guys about an online course called Book Launch Blueprint. That is going to teach you how to significantly increase the sales of your next book. This course was put together by our friends, and guys, these are people we have known and respected for years. Thomas Umstead Jr., Mary DeMuth, and James L. Rubart. They're all best-selling, award-winning authors and marketing gurus, and they've all been on our podcast even. So this course that they put together is a comprehensive 21-day course on every element of what you, the writer, want to do before, during, and after your book launches to maximize sales. Right. And the course is interactive. During those 21 days, Thomas and Jim, who have just a massive amount of experience and knowledge, will help you design a customized book launch plan. So, because we think this can be helpful to you, we're joining Thomas and Jim on Thursday, May 21st. That's Thursday, May 21st at 4 p.m. Central Time to do a free webinar. Yay, free, everybody. Yay, free. (laughs) Even if you decide not to do the course, this webinar is going to give you more than just information about the course. It's going to be sharing pro tips from each part of the course that you can use right now. And Jim and Thomas will answer your questions live. And we'll be there too, Aaron and I will, yep. to make sure the boys treat all of you right. That's right, because we're taking care of you guys. That's so, right. So how do you register for the webinar? It couldn't be easier. Just go to our website, writefromthedeep.com, and we're going to have a link. And even easier, we're going to put a link in the show notes. So you guys, if you're on your phone or whatever, just click the link. It's right there. If you want your next book launch to be a resounding success, we suggest you join us. We will see you there. We're super excited. And now, here's Here's the the show. show. 
Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Deep. We're glad that you're joining us today. So as we record this, we're still in the midst of stay-at-home orders in the United States and in many places around the world. Uh, People are really feeling the financial, emotional, social, and psychological effects of this. And something specific came to my mind as Karen and I were praying about what our next podcast topic should be. At this time, when all of us should be sympathetically bonding over our mutual problems, and some of that is happening for sure, okay, but at the same time, guys, there's more disagreement than ever in our society. It's politics, religion, health, the economy, you name it, we're disagreeing over it, often vehemently. You know, it's not that disagreement is wrong. I mean, ask anybody. I'm happy to disagree and to debate (laughs) and discuss things and, you know, make my points while you make your points, as long as we're listening to each other. Debate about politics, ideas, regulations, none of that is bad, unless you're going about it the wrong way. And this doesn't just apply to what we say or think, but it also applies to what we write. We're lacking something that as Christians and writers, we have no excuse to lack. In fact, if we lack this, we are breaking God's command. And you know what that is? It's compassion. Consider Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's you guys, holy and dearly loved, that's you too, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We wanted to talk about compassion in particular because it follows up on our last podcast with our guest, Karen Stiller. She was talking about having compassion on ourselves as writers, and that's great. But now we should spend some time talking about compassion for others because that affects our relationship with God, and it is a huge factor in our writing. So, as we're wont to do, our first step in exploring all this is to figure out what compassion is. What's the definition of it? Our good old pal Merriam-Webster says that it's sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. That's, that's a mouthful. Let's try it again. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Basically, it refers to both an understanding of another person's pain and the desire to somehow make that pain better, ease that pain. We seem to have lost that ability, or more accurately, the desire to truly understand another person's point of view. I mean, if you listen to the stuff on TV, if you listen and read the stuff that's on social media, the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes just seems gone to consider why their opinion is what it is, why their thoughts might actually be valid. We seem less willing than ever to broaden our own understanding and far more determined to entrench ourselves even deeper into our own positions. That's frightening, and it's not biblical. Now, to be fair, our motivation may be, as the definition of compassion suggests, that we want to make people's pain less, that we want to mitigate their pain, and that's great. But we want to do it our way because we're convinced our way is the right way. (laughs) Right, and let me point out that that sounds pretty close to Webster's definition of conceit, excessive (laughs) appreciation of one's own worth or value. So let's talk a few minutes about how a lack of compassion affects us. What are the consequences? 
Well, as writers, our job is to present truth. And for that, we first have to humbly learn truth. We are not born with truth inside of us. We need to learn truth. But a lack of compassion affects our heart. It's basically a hard-heartedness. So how can God teach us truth if our heart is hard? And how can we teach anyone anything or anyone, more important, how can anyone teach us if our heart is hard? How can we handle critique Right? How will we learn from editors and agents and other industry professionals in our writing if we're not open to correction? The second thing that is a consequence is a lack of compassion makes us poor listeners. And I was just on social media the other day on Facebook. Yes, the dreaded Facebook. And a woman had commented how she was avoiding people saying stupid things because she was defriending all the stupid people. Oh, This woman is a believer. and She's out there saying these people are stupid and everything they're saying is stupid. So I don't want to listen to them. So I'm unfriending them. That is a woman who is not listening. She is concerned only with her reactions to what's happening and what people are saying rather than giving good information or showing compassion in the midst of a bad situation. You know, there's so much wisdom out there from others' journeys. We can learn so much from what other people go through. God gives us the gift of fellowship, partly for that very purpose, to share knowledge, to grow from our collective experiences to gain insights we don't gain in our own little world. Listening to others helps broaden our understanding of the human condition and of what faith is in a world that's so full of fear. If we don't listen to others, how are we going to understand their needs? If you don't listen to others, how are you going to know what your readers need to hear from you? I mean, have you ever gotten a gift you didn't really like from someone because they bought it with their own things, their own opinion and their own thoughts in mind instead of yours? There was one Christmas, my husband and I are so different. There was one Christmas that Don said he was going to go into the stores and think like I did. (laughs) Those Christmas gifts were the best Christmas gifts he'd ever given me. I asked him how he did it. And so he told me what he did. And he said, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, going through those stores thinking like you, that's the most terrifying thing I've ever done. (laughs) But he made that effort. He was compassionate and loving enough toward me that he made that effort to think in a way that's a total opposite of how he thinks. So whether you actually want to or not, you have got to listen. You have got to show compassion. We come across writing like this more often than you would think. It's one of the reasons why writers often struggle when they're asked what felt needs their writing speaks to. They kind of look with this deer in the headlights thing, like what in the world is even that? They're not in tune with what readers actually want, but instead they're focused on what they want to say to readers, whether the readers think they need it or not. You got to think like your readers, though. So, lack of compassion can also make us hard-hearted and poor listeners, which means it makes us poor sympathizers. Sympathizing is a step beyond just listening. It's opening ourselves to feel what someone else feels, to enter into their pain and their sorrow, their delight or their joy, to share with them in a full capacity. So, when you're sympathizing or empathizing, for that matter, with people— you get a much better grasp on how to help them because you understand how to meet their needs. It's the difference between truly helping someone and completely missing the boat. 
Right. As writers and as Christians, our purpose is to serve. Without compassion, we don't feel the need. Okay, service becomes more a thing we do out of guilt, which is clearly the wrong reason, or we don't do it at all. But serving is about loving people. What better example do we have than Jesus who came as a suffering servant? And as Hebrews 4.15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. God, he came here and he can sympathize. He put himself in our shoes. I was listening to a sermon and the pastor said that God was not only omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, but he said he's omni-empathetic. <laughs> of course, he made that word up, but I love it. I think it's accurate. Jesus knows what we're feeling as Christ followers and as imitators of Christ. How can we try to do less? So, we talked about the consequences of a lack of compassion. So, let's change our focus now. What does a world of compassionate people look like? Heaven. It looks like heaven. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. what it looks like. Well, but in the meantime, while we're still here, what about you? What does being more compassionate do for you? Well, here are a few things we thought of. Well, like we said, compassion makes you more Christ-like. That's first yes. and foremost. <laughs> And that's that's very important. Number two, compassion leads you to pray for others as God calls us to do. And not just some obligatory throw off, God help them prayer, but heartfelt prayers that put us in better tune with Christ's heart. Right. And if you're writing nonfiction, compassion helps you write in a way that makes people feel heard and understood because you do hear and you do understand. You're coming from a more vulnerable place yourself, and that helps readers connect with you. They want someone who relates to where they are and someone who isn't going to judge them. If you give them compassion, guys, they're going to follow you on that book's journey, and they're going to find the same hope that you did. And if you're writing fiction, compassion helps you write more multidimensional characters because you understand why they do the things they do. Your writing will be at a deeper, more emotional level. It's more nuanced, and all that combines to give the reader a stronger emotional connection. And that's how your story changes lives, when your readers have that emotional connection. So... All of this comes together to say compassion is vitally important. It's a virtue, and it's a virtue that we can't afford to surrender to the world's conditions. It's not based in circumstances. It's based in our obedience to God. Since that's the case, and since he is the source of our compassion, we want to share for the rest of this podcast scripture that direct us to compassion and help us understand why it's so important. So here are some scriptures to reflect on and to inspire you. Psalm 78, 38 and 39. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isaiah 49, 15 and 16, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, 
I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Psalm 8615. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Psalm 103, 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. Matthew 9, 36, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Isaiah 57, 15, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Luke 10, 30 through 34, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Luke seven twelve through 15 As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearer stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Guys, you know, maybe we don't walk around raising the dead literally on a regular basis. But just for the record, when you do things like this and have compassion, you can make a difference in how somebody feels. Like, think about how this woman felt getting her son back, bringing someone back to life from emotional death. That's what your books can do. It's so important. Romans 12, 9 through 18. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoicing in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. 1 Peter 3.8 Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Zechariah 7.8-10 And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. 2 Timothy 2.24 And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. And last but not least, Micah 6.8 Now think on this verse as you consider your responsibility as a Christ follower. Never forget your call to compassion, no matter what the circumstances. As it says in Micah 6, 8, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So, until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. Amen.